0: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 544, five quick money tips for millennials to become millionaires by Chris Reining of chrisreining.com. And I'm your host and narrator, Dan. I'm here each weekday reading to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And I'm gonna keep this intro super short for you today. So let's get right to our post and continue optimizing your life. Five Quick Money Tips for Millennials to Become Millionaires by Chris Reining of chrisreining.com. I'm not a millennial because you have to be born between 1981 and 1996. I was born in 1979. But I feel a little millennial-ish and that makes part of me cringe when I read about them in the media. Delusional, lazy, entitled. The reality is 36% of you live with your parents. Your unemployment rate is twice the national average. And if you happen to be one of the lucky employed, just 30% consider your job a career. Sounds pretty bad, right? Yes, but you see, everyone who's been a 20-something doesn't have their together yet. So it will get better. And the good news is, I'm here to help you with part of this. And that's how to manage your money. Here's what you need to know. One, your future self will want to retire. Right now, you're not thinking decades ahead. But neither did most people your age who are now near retirement. Here's some enlightening data about them. Only 20% of seniors have $10,000. A third of people near retirement age will live in poverty for the rest of their lives. Most families have saved $104,000 for retirement. You have the unique opportunity to do much better than this. Here's one simple way. Nearly 80% of full-time workers have access to something called a defined contribution plan. And here in the US, that usually means a company-sponsored 401k account. Now, assuming an annual market return of 7%, a 22-year-old who starts out making $45,500 and gets a 3% annual raise can have $1 million at age 57 if they elect to invest 10% of their income. And at age 57, if you use the standard safe withdrawal rate of 4%, you can generate an inflation-adjusted $40,000 a year in passive income from this for the rest of your life. Not bad, right? You can see a chart in this post to see all the numbers for yourself. Key takeaway, at a minimum, invest 10% of your income. Two, don't buy a house. The marketing propaganda from the real estate industry has always called a house an investment. And this is reflected in the fact that 65% of millennials think buying a home is the best long-term investment a person can make. But let's take a closer look at that. From 1890 to 2012, the inflation-adjusted return on a house was 0.17%. That means if you bought a house for $5,000 in 1890, it'd be worth $6,150 in 2012, a gain of $1,150. Over the same period, the inflation-adjusted return of the stock market was 6.27%. That means if you invested that same $5,000, it'd be worth 8 million. That's a gain of 7,995,000. Do you still think a house is the best long-term investment? Yes, you have to live somewhere, and nobody can live in a stock. But if you buy a house, live in it, and think it's the best investment, then you're delusional. Now, I'm not against home ownership, I own a condo, but I am against anyone making the biggest financial decision in their life without first running the numbers. And you can start that process with the buy rent calculator from the New York Times, linked in this post. While this tool does a good job of factoring in the total cost of ownership, like insurance, maintenance, and taxes, keep in mind it doesn't factor in soft costs, Stuff like the time you'll spend researching problems with your appliances, fixing things that break, taking trips to the home improvement store, mowing the lawn, shoveling snow, and on and on. Key takeaway, run the numbers before buying a house. Three, make investing an and. I've seen the same thing play out over and over again. It goes something like this. People in their 20s. I want to invest, but I'm paying back student loans now. People in their 30s. I want to invest but I have a mortgage and kids now. People in their 40s. I want to invest but I'm putting my kids through college now. People in their 50s. I have no retirement. If you make investing an and instead of a but, you won't end up old and broke. The big magic of investing really comes from this little thing called time. Here, let me show you. Let's say you're 22 right now and by 50, you want a million dollars, inflation adjusted too. To accomplish that, you need to save and invest $966 a month. Now let's say you're 30 with the same $1 million goal. You need to save and invest $1,900 a month. At 40, it's 5,637 a month. Key takeaway, prioritize investing by making it an and. Four, stop getting more degrees. Did you know our collective student loan debt is now over $1 trillion? And we keep going back to get more degrees. What the? and you might know someone like this. They say, there aren't any jobs for, inserts their degree here. Lawyers get paid a lot, don't they? Yeah, I think I'll go to law school. And you know what happens next. They get the degree and surprise, they can't find a job. I get it. You might not have known exactly what career you wanted when you were in college, I didn't. Or you might really need another degree to get the job you want. But before you commit, think strategically about your end game. How do you think strategically? by figuring out how you can get the skills you need without a degree. Consider these options. There are free and inexpensive ways to learn anything online. Check out Code Academy, Live, Khan Academy, lynda.com, Skillshare, and Udemy. Some colleges have opened up their curriculum so anyone can take their classes for free. Scott Young got the equivalent of a computer science degree from MIT for $2,000. Volunteer, intern, job shadow, Show others you can be an independent learner that takes the initiative to gain the skills you need. Google agrees with me on all this. They no longer require their employees to even have a degree. Why? Because they realized having one proves absolutely nothing about your ability to think critically and solve problems. Key takeaway, don't assume you need another degree and more debt to do what you want. Five, become wealthy, not rich. There's a picture of an Audi R8 on this post that retails for over $100,000. On Quora, the guy who bought this car wrote about his experience and what he had to say was fascinating. Quote, Another piece of advice for anyone looking to get a supercar is to work your way up slowly so you can get more and more comfortable with the higher car payments. I went from an M3 to 911, now to V10 R8 in the last two to three years, and the four-figure R8 payment isn't hard to swallow since I've been used to making similar payments on the 911 end quote. Do you see what happened here? A BMW M3 used to be good enough, then it wasn't. A Porsche 911 used to be good enough, then it wasn't. Now an Audi R8 is good enough, until it isn't. Maybe this guy is rich. To pay for these cars, he must be. But being rich isn't the same thing as being wealthy. Most people think these are the same thing, but they're not. Here, let me show you what I mean. You can be rich if you make $250,000 a year, spend $250,000 a year, and have zero in savings. In fact, 47% of Americans can't come up with $400 for an emergency, and this includes a lot of rich people. But you can be wealthy if you make $50,000 a year, spend 25000 and have 500000 in savings. You see, it's all about the relationship between your numbers. Choosing to be wealthy over being rich is what gives you freedom and control over your life. And as a millennial, isn't that what you really wanted all along? You just listened to the post titled Five Quick Money Tips for Millennials to Become Millionaires by Chris Reining of chrisreining.com. And if you had deja vu listening to that last part about the Audi, and I know I did, it's because he referenced that car and post from Quora in the last article I narrated from him. So yeah, not your imagination. And I'll keep this ending short for you today, but before we go, it would be really great if you could come by oldpodcast.com slash support and check out some of the different ways that you can support this show. Most of them are totally free, like sharing the podcast with a friend, writing a rating and review, and more things like that. And we would really appreciate it. Again, the link is oldpodcast.com slash support. And that's it for today. Thanks as always for being here and listening. And I'll see you in the Friday show tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.